welcome back. So for this month of February, we are going to be doing a conversation with our sweet advisor. So do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Christina Kennedy, and I am one of the sweet advisors. Happy to be with you today. How are we doing today? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> cold. We're cold it's again. cold. Yeah. Yeah. It was warm, and now it's cold again. Bundled up all over again. <laughs> um, but do you want to talk about kind of like your background and your experience? Sure. Uh, I have a background in mechanical engineering, got an MBA along the way, uh, worked for Honda Research and Development for a lot of years, like 15 ish years, and just came to the university a year and a half ago, made a major career change coming here to work for the College of Engineering. Um, I am the faculty director of the Integrated Business Engineering Program and also an associate professor of practice. And what that means is I'm basically a non-PhD faculty member. So I teach and I teach about the stuff that I did in industry and how it relates to engineering. And I also have the privilege of being one of the sweet advisors to this amazing group of, of people. That's so awesome. You're doing a lot. Very yeah. busy, I feel like. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a great transition. But how is like this... Um, new semester been treating you? How things are going? Uh, things are going well so far. I can't believe it's almost week seven. It's yeah. been going Very fast. Nice. Yeah, it's been going really fast. Um, all, all going well, though. I am enjoying, I'm teaching two classes, a senior capstone for integrated business and engineering, and also the, the infamous 1282 first year engineering honors mm -hmm. for IBE, which is a ton of fun. Uh, so yeah, so far so good. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, in this month's podcast, we're going to be talking about a lot of things with you. So we're doing college to industry, combating gender bias, connecting business and engineering, and then overall just wrapping it up. So we have a lot of topics to cover and we're very excited to talk about it. That yeah. sounds good. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, so our first topic today is college to industry because we all go from college to any industry depending on your major. Um, so more specifically, where did you go to college? I went to the University of Iowa in Iowa City, Iowa. Uh, I'm from Davenport, Iowa, so it made sense to me to go there. Uh, they have a great program. It's smaller than Ohio State. Ohio State, I believe, is around 50,000 undergrads. Mm -hmm. Iowa is maybe closer to 25, okay. so it's a smaller University, still Big Ten. Mm -hmm. uh, I started off studying biomedical engineering. I switched a few times and I finally landed in mechanical engineering. So I graduated with a mechanical engineering degree from Iowa. Perfect. What was kind of your first transition? So out of college, like where did you end up working? Uh, I came to Ohio after graduation okay. to work for Honda Research and Development. Um, at the time, Honda did not actually recruit at my university, so I went out of state to Chicago to mm -hmm. a career fair to expand my opportunities and um, find out, find other companies that were out there mm -hmm. to um, to possibly work for. So when I got the offer from Honda R&D, I was really excited. It was um, a pretty easy decision for me. Um, so I came on board with Honda as a test engineer in Raymond, Ohio, which is about 45 minutes northwest of campus, so not too far from here. Uh, but that's where I started, test engineering. That's exciting. It's fun. <laughs> I feel like research and development. I don't know. To me, it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I think it, coming out of undergrad, research and development seemed like the place that people wanted to be yeah. and being part of developing new stuff for the market seemed like a really um, innovative, 
cool space to be in. For sure. Yeah. So how would you describe going from Iowa to Ohio? Like, what was that relocation process like for you? Okay. Uh, I mean, it's all Midwest. So like geographically, mm-hmm. it was a pretty easy move. It was only like, it's only an eight hour drive from here to where I lived back in Iowa. Uh, relocation wise, Honda gave me a reload package, which was Love nice. It. So I had money to use to do a couple um, house hunting visits. I was not house hunting. I was apartment hunting. <laughs> I wanted to rent, obviously, because I wanted some flexibility. Um, I remember my mother and I came out to Ohio to look for apartments in the area and we found something worked out well. Um, and then as far as the relocation process, I had, you know, I had help from my family to move me out here and get me settled. Um, but it was, it was tough because I didn't have any family or friends in the area in Columbus. So I kind of came out here solo and Mm -hmm. had to figure it out, which I'm sure you'll have that opportunity as you get into internships and full-time work and whatnot. So it's, it's, it's an interesting transition. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that's like almost the scariest thing for me. It's like relocating. You have no, no one like, you know, and it's like, what am I doing? I'm so like, that's my number one like anxiety about like leaving college, just not knowing anyone. What was kind of like the easiest part of your transition? What do you say like kind of like went by? Um, I think the easiest part is that Honda offered quite a few perks and amenities to kind of get me into the fold. Um, I came out with, a, I was lucky to come out here with a car that my parents had provided to me, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I gave it back to them because Honda had a nice like lease program. So I was able to lease a car right off the bat. So I had my, my Civic to drive, you know, to and from mm-hmm. work. Um, they have an on-site gym that I could get involved with and start working out. It was the, the freshman 15 that I obtained <laughs> yeah. through college. So uh, that was really nice. Um, on-site gas stations, car washes, things like that. Like, I think Honda really, because it's a big company, mm-hmm. it had a lot of opportunities to um, to make the transition easier and a lot of, of things to help make that yeah. a easier for me. I was going to say, were the things that you had to lease, did they have to be Honda specifically? And you couldn't like lease any other type the of lease, car? The leases were all Hondas. Okay. I could not afford Acura at the time as a new engineer. So I went into a Honda Civic to start off. Okay. Um, but it was a nice, definitely a nice benefit to have that yeah, that's offered. Awesome. Yeah. That's and we, and we wore uniform, we wore uniforms. So mm-hmm. like one of the things that I struggled with, like going into the working world was what do I wear to work? But mm-hmm. knowing that I had uniforms, like full top and bottom, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have to worry about getting like a whole new work wardrobe because That's I've right. never mm-hmm. considered myself someone who knows how to dress for work. So <laughs> I was so excited to have uniforms and they do that. They wash the uniforms for you. Awesome. So like laundry uniforms was all taken care of. It was really nice. Big perk. Yeah. I miss the uniforms. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I yeah. remember when I was little, I like had uniforms for school and it made it, life was so easy. Yeah. I just knew what to wear all the time. But uniform. Really? I wouldn't pin it, but oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it does make things easier. It does make it easier. But then, you know, like I feel like if you're on the other side, you're like wishing for the other things. Mm-hmm. When I was in uniform, I'm like, oh, I wish I could have independent. And then yeah. when I was independent, I was like, I miss just knowing exactly what I was going to wear and I mm-hmm. have to think about it. So. Yeah, always a trade-off. I appreciate it. I appreciate it for sure. Um, And so on the flip side of that, what do you think was the hardest part of your transition? Well, I think we touched on this earlier. Uh, Really coming to Ohio and not knowing anybody, like no friends, no family in the area made it difficult. Um, But one of the things that I did right away, and I'm going to skip to the next question if that's okay. Number one tip. Um, (laughs) You did not pay me to say this as SWE members, but... The number one thing that I did is I joined up with my local professional society of women engineers section, the central Ohio section. 
and I met a number of amazing people um, and was able to get involved, go out for networking events and professional development activities. And then, you know, through those first couple of years, met some of my friends that I still am friends with now that are part of my network and uh, worked my way up to president of the section for a few years, which was a ton of fun. So highly recommend <laughs> join, whether it's SWE or something else or, you know, ASME or SAE or one of the professional orgs, like it was really helpful for me to have that network of, of other women working mm -hmm. in engineering and like going through similar struggles and having them as a support network. So highly recommend. It worked out great for me. Um, I think it could be could be good for you too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, just to ask, were you a part of SWE in college as well? I was. I failed to mention that. So I, was, I was a member of SWE. Um, I was never a, a leader in the org. Mm -hmm. I had a few like chair positions, but I was um, definitely involved in SWE through my undergraduate as well. That's awesome. No, I love that you were still able to like keep up with it and use it as like sort of like an asset to make connections and stuff like that. That's awesome. It was helpful. Yeah. I feel like for sure, like whenever you're a part of an org, it definitely like helps. Like you already have something in common with the person already. Yeah. And it just like helps you branch out so much easier. Was it the same for you both? Did you join SWE first year <laughs> as a student? Good yeah. My RA was Emma Rand. I don't know if any of you remember her, but she no, I no, um, yeah. she got like the entire floor to join SWE. So we <laughs> That's awesome. No, I think going into SWE, I just kind of liked like how big it was. And it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know, it was cool to see how big and so organized everything was. I'm like, everyone, everyone knows what they're doing. Like every, they got it on lock and there's so many different opportunities. I'm like, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you want to get involved? So. Okay, so for this topic, it's kind of, I feel like, a heavy hitter, but I feel like something that I feel like we all are very curious about when you move into the workplace. Mm -hmm. So it's combating gender bias. So just to start off, like, I don't know, what are you, like, your initial thoughts the first time you think about it? Uh, gender, when I think about gender bias, I think about um, maybe the inequality of opportunities across genders or the inability for people who identify with a certain gender to rise up in an organization, maybe because of barriers that they have. Does that align with what what your impressions are? Or is there something different? I think that you're so. thinking like yeah. I think the first thing off the bat I think about is like something that like I don't know. Like you're sitting, you're like the only woman in the room like sitting in front of people and like you're not being okay. heard. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the first thing that comes to mind, like my greatest fear. Yeah. Like I, it wasn't really as much of an issue first year because I feel like you're all together, but going into my second year, especially in electrical engineering, it's such a male-dominated field out of all of them. The other day in my lecture of 100 people, I was the only girl, yeah. and that's just crazy to see. Out of 100 people. There's more. There are like five girls maybe in the class, but none of them showed up that day, and I was mm -hmm. the only one. Did so, that bother you? Did you like, it, feel it? I sometimes I feel it and sometimes I use it and I empower myself like mm -hmm. like it depends on how I'm feeling that day but I try <laughs> to empower real. myself yeah I'm giving you a high five across the table <laughs> without making too much noise yeah I love that that's great um I mean there were a lot of times when I was the only woman at the table in mm -hmm. Honda mm -hmm. and I just as a personal preference I really dislike using the term male dominated it just feels so like crippling as a term mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I'm not going to use that term um, but I totally understand what you're saying, Lily, about mm -hmm. being the only one and recognizing it. Um, I, I don't think I had 
those experiences until I was a little bit further in my career. Like early on, I was working with other new engineers and it was a bit more um, balanced gender wise. And then as I grew up in the organization, I started to see less um, females, you know, Mm -hmm. at the table. And sometimes I was the only one. I think I've grown to have really thick skin in my career. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes with like experience and confidence. So I was able to not let it bother me. Mm -hmm. I definitely recognized it. Um, but one thing that I look back on as, um, a book that I read that really like empowered me in this space was lean in by Sheryl Sandberg, which was written years ago. She was COO of Facebook and has had a wildly successful tech career. Um, but within that book, it's, it's all about like kind of leaning into, to the experience and to the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So if you are that only woman at the table, sit at the front, Mm -hmm. (laughs) get a power, get a, get a power seat in the, in the meeting and be up there with, the leaders of the company and raise your hand and ask questions and be engaged in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as like gender bias, like feeling that I have been um, like discriminated against or negatively impacted by gender bias, I don't have a story in that space. I feel that I've been, had a great, you know, experience mm-hmm. working with men and women. So I can't speak to a specific um, scenario mm-hmm. or case there, but I know that it's out there and I recognize yeah. that it mm-hmm. that it does happen. Yeah. I feel like that, hap- I feel like it's a very like, a common thing. Well, why don't like, you may not have like a certain like direct thing, but you kind of like know it's there. It's like a feeling sometimes in the room sometimes. And that like, for me, I feel like sometimes like when you're like in a room, like you feel it, but also you like kind of feel like the microaggressions like kind of getting at you. And it's just kind of like, even though it's like not considered like full, that like fully biased in terms, but like just like with your team and you're working with them, it's kind of like, I kind of feel it today more than other days. Yeah. But yeah, something I wanted to ask, um, was there like a moment, I was just curious, like on your advice, like when you're dealing with something where someone doesn't think like you're like, not capable of something like Mm -hmm. how do you kind of like handle that situation because of like your gender status okay um i mean my words of wisdom are prove them wrong like in the honda space i worked in a very um technical space early on in my career where we had we went out to the lab we picked up tools we were changing out tires changing out exhaust systems putting cars up on lifts like it was a really hands-on position in the testing world so, you know, I came in early on and I was really skittish. Like, I didn't know what an engine mount looked like. I didn't know how to replace all these different parts on a car. So um, I had to learn that. And so I encourage you to like pick up the tools, get into the lab, go to the manufacturing line and like see the process happening and get your hands dirty. And um, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I received as an engineer was from one of my my leaders at Honda. And they said, spend the most time in the areas you know the least about, because mm-hmm. that's where the learning happens. So I would, I, as, as uncomfortable as it can be, <laughs> right, to go say, hey, I'm going to go spend some time with this transmission person because I need to figure out how transmission works or how mm-hmm. engine works. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the learning happens. So I encourage you to stretch yourself and put yourself in those opportunities where you can learn. That's awesome. I was just curious about that. Like, is it something that you kind of have to like, tell like your manager about or like your mentor just be like hey I'm going to spend time like trying to figure this out is that okay I think so okay um you know in the Honda space it was it was get your job done and then if you want to do other things you can do other things okay. and other things so you can make space for it and make time for it um I had supportive managers and supportive leaders in that space where I could seek out those types of opportunities really ask nice. for them ask yeah. for them <laughs> yeah if you don't ask you may never get the chance mm-hmm. 
And then like on days where you sort of feel like singled out, like how do you empower yourself? Um, this is a, this is a really great question. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I came to is for me, it's listening to podcasts like this mm -hmm. or others that are about, you know, women working in tech or reading books like Lean In from Sheryl Sandberg or other, um, I'm going to call them kind of like self-help help books mm -hmm. or encouragement books. I think um, surrounding yourself with positivity is something that, that I think can help in this space. Like mm -hmm. it's easy to get in your head and think like, I'm the only woman at the table. I don't want to ask a question. Um, but I think bringing positivity into your world with like empowerment through reading and learning I think can help. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you have any, what, what do you do when you're in, in this type of situation? If you're in this type of situation? Um, I don't know. I could have, I don't know. I <laughs> pull not, up the Steminist podcast. <laughs> pull it up in the middle of class. Yeah. This is like, what's up a lot. <laughs> um, I think for me, I kind of like to put myself in situations where I am like surrounded by other like women or like people who like I don't know like empower each other mm -hmm. something that I do like um over the summer I work I like do like a coding camp so then I teach like young girls how to code oh, and really then but it's, it's open for like all women non-binary trans people like mm -hmm. whoever like wants to learn and have experience but, like that community because I was I was like a coder myself like that was my first time I learned how to code mm -hmm. and that space was so empowering because it's just like it's just all like it's just all girls like there to learn and just like try to like figure things out and it was okay to mess up because we were all new to it mm -hmm. and it wasn't something that I was like afraid of like when I had a problem because they, they talk about a lot of times where like women are like there's just like they're very like in their heads in terms of like they don't want to like show that they're doing something wrong so then they rather have like nothing on the page rather than like showing what they try to do. And that was something for me where it's like I kind of learned very early on, like just like go through like your issues when you have problems, you bring it up. And like it's good that you're trying and testing things out rather than like sitting in silence, like being afraid to make the first step. So just being in those communities like that, it's amazing. Like every time I get out of those camps, I like love it. And I'm like just so happy and like like empowering other like women. And also they empower me because like mm -hmm. it's just a great experience. So that's what I always like to go back to. I love that. That resonates with me so, <laughs> so strongly. I need to get the name of that camp that you. Oh, it's called COVID Classy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it anywhere? Um, It's it's actually anywhere in the U.S. So oh. we also do online things where we do stuff internationally now. Okay. So it's like you can like do stuff in person or online stuff and then like instructors are coming from all over the place and then IA's um, instructors assistants are coming from people who are like were a part of the camp and are coming mm -hmm. back to like teach girls and continue to do it so that's amazing <laughs> I love that story and I think what you highlighted there is when you give back to like the next generation of leaders it empowers you yeah, yeah I know sure. even my daughter I was her girl scout troop leader mm -hmm. for a number of years and I loved it and they were little and cute but like I felt like um kind of helping that, helping them grow up and like feel powerful and feel smart, like is, is something that can help you also feel oh, like yeah. you're doing something yeah, important. For sure. Because yeah. I remember going into it when I was a scholar, I like looked up to all those IAs or people because like mm -hmm. they were in college. I'm like, you guys are so cool. You guys know, like yeah. you guys seem to know what you're doing. You have experience and stuff. And that's very awesome. And now I'm in that position. And while I don't know all the answers, it's like not something <laughs> like they're, they're very like, you guys are so cool. And you guys like, they ask for advice and like they, they want to hear from you and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
This is so great. It's just so that's fun. Amazing. So that's a that's important work that you're doing. <laughs> really you. important. Yeah, and it's just fun along the way. So like it makes it worth it for sure. Yeah. Do you have just in general while we like wrap up this topic? Do you have yeah. like been any other like general tips or just any words of advice that we didn't cover? Yeah, I mean, as far as gender bias goes, I think some um, advice that I have: make yourself visible, put mm-hmm. yourself out there, sit at the table, ask questions. Uh, don't be afraid to approach a vice president and say, "Hey, I'd love to buy you a coffee and get to know you a little bit," and just start to like form relationships with people who are in in higher upper management. I think that can help you grow your confidence and also grow your exposure within the company. So make yourself visible. Um, One other thing that I've heard advice from others that I didn't always do effectively is to try to find like insiders in the company, like Mm -hmm. try to make friends with different divisions, people in different divisions and different departments. So then if something comes up that you don't understand, you have someone at your own level, like peer to peer that you can ask like, Hey, Mm -hmm. what is this? What does this financial statement actually mean? Like, or what is this other thing? What's really happening here? So I think it's important to also kind of like get connected within the company and have mm-hmm. people that like on a peer-to-peer basis, you're not afraid to ask questions of to help your yeah. own understanding and own learning. Yeah, that's awesome. Instead of just like having to like always go to like your supervisor all the time for like the very like nitty gritty <laughs> questions <laughs> and stuff like that, you can have someone like can relate to that and like you have yes. like trust that. I yes. love that. Yeah. All right. And so the last topic before we wrap up is something you're sort of an expert in, and that's connecting (laughs) business and engineering. (laughs) So what's your personal experience with connecting these two subjects? I mean, expert, thank you. (laughs) Very big compliment, Lily. I appreciate that. Um, I'm not an expert, um, but I I have degrees in both. So I have a mechanical engineering degree, and I also went back um, to get my MBA from the Fisher College of Business mm-hmm. while I was working. So um, I do have degrees in both these spaces. And I think what the MBA unlocked for me was the ability to ask the questions about why. And I think that was so important for me as an engineer. I could certainly you know, create something, test something, understand the mechanics of something, but without knowing why we were selling X number of units or why we were selling at this price point and mm-hmm. what the margins were on those products, like once I unlocked all of the business side of things, the financials and the marketing and all those interesting pieces, like, and it really clicked for me to have both of those pieces of knowledge, I guess, working together. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of those that understand business and understand engineering. Obviously I'm the director of the integrated business and engineering program. So I'd like to promote these skills. Mm -hmm. Um, but my experience is that, you know, growing up as an engineer and then having the ability to learn the business side of things really was pivotal for me in my career and helped unlock some additional opportunities. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of already covered our next question, but oh, I was yeah. just curious about like the integrated business and engineering program. How does that yeah. kind of work and how is it um, like important to make sure you have those experience in like in both of the majors basically? Yeah. Uh, our students are either engineering majors or business majors and they get a minor in the opposite discipline. Mm-hmm. And they walk through curriculum together. So they're able to kind of be in class with business students. So they get to hear different perspectives and learn different things. I think how I would break it down simply is engineers create value and business leaders create the parameters around that value, right? Mm -hmm. How many to sell, what price point, where to market, things like that. So um, having these two perspectives work together and you're going to experience this when you're off in the working world. 
for sure, you'll see that you'll be on teams with not only electrical engineers or industrial <laughs> systems engineers, you'll be with a number of different people with different backgrounds. So the more experience you have working with people from different perspectives, I think the better um, prepared you'll be to step into the working world. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that because I definitely feel like that's definitely a thing that, that happens. Like I even when I did my internship, I was talking to all different majors and teams, or like people who are coming from different places, even though they're in the same role. So it's so important to like see where people are coming from and like understand their perspective. That's yeah, awesome. I have a minor in music media and enterprise. So it's like music wow. business. So I think it's so important. And I see in my music classes, like I'm the only engineer, I think. And um, it's just so important to see, like, there's different ways things work and how they work together and how, as engineers, we don't get that side of it. We don't get their perspective. So it's important to see. Good for you for picking up something that's, like, totally different than engineering and representing engineering in that minor. Well done. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely think it's, like, important and just in general, like, to, like, I guess, talk to people and socialize with people that are like not all engineers mm -hmm. like while I love swimming with all engineers I think it's always good to like have like a different like friends or like different like group that are like not all engineering and just take a step back from the world <laughs> I feel like absolutely <laughs> agree I am glad you both see value there too mm -hmm. and then sort of segueing into the next question like why is the connection between the two important? I know we've talked about this a little bit mm -hmm. and sort of like understanding both sides, but where do they overlap? Um, I think what the overlap is, is really giving someone from a different discipline the appreciation of what you're doing. Like, I don't think you'll ever expect a business leader in your, leader in your company to know how, like, how to code or mm -hmm. how to um, dig into the details of a specific design. But them having an appreciation of the of what you're doing, I think is really important as much as it is for an engineer to understand and appreciate the value of the business constraints within a company. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I, I think it's really like pulling back the blinders a little bit so you can understand more about how the company actually works, why it works that way, and why you're doing what you're doing, why you're creating the engineering solutions that you're creating. Um, I was just curious, like, if I'm, like, I'm not in the integrated business engineering program, but I was just curious, like, if I'm someone who's just, like, I guess, like, just doing the regular engineering program, how is a way that I can still try to find a connection with business or, like, find myself in, like, a way to research, I guess? Yeah, um, I think there are a number of engineering majors that pick up a business minor. I think that's mm -hmm. one way to do it. Um, Another way is to um, ask for instructor permission to join the Integrated <laughs> Business Engineering Capstone. I okay. sometimes have several open spots in my class. Like I don't have a full um, 36 students. Mm -hmm. So if you do have an interest in this space, I would love to hear from you. <laughs> um, I'm Kennedy.443. You can shoot me a note if you're a rising senior. And if you'd like to walk through a capstone experience where it really is multidisciplinary and learning in both of those spaces, working with industry sponsor, that's another way to really dive in head first mm -hmm. and get that that business exposure as well. So that's awesome. And sorry, I have another follow-up question with that. Yeah, like, let's say that if you're like, so like you get went through your engineering, um, like college experience and when you're in industry and if mm -hmm. you're interested in like expanding in business, how can you do that when you're within the company? A lot of companies offer um, tuition reimbursement. Okay. So mm -hmm. I don't know, as you start to talk to companies, mm -hmm. Make sure that you understand if they have tuition reimbursement as far as, you know, for full-time employees. Um, but I think going after, and some some companies also offer like certifications, different things like in marketing or business or okay. strategy or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I think ask the questions about professional development opportunities and further education when you get out there, because a lot of companies value this space and want their employees to, to continue learning. 
That's awesome. I encourage you to do so. It's a lot of fun to keep learning. Wrapping up this podcast, we covered so many topics. I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah, sure. I learned so much. But on, I guess, like a more lighthearted thing, we always do song of the month. So we'll start off with Lily. What is your song of the month? So my song of the month came out nine hours ago. <laughs> wow. Um, it's Heaven by Niall Horan. He's my favorite artist ever. And I just know that this new album he's going to make is going to be amazing. And it's just such, so like, happy and summery and I'm excited for summer yeah I saw the um promotional stuff mm-hmm. for it releasing and I'm like oh my goodness this is like yeah um, it's yeah. so fun it's so fun <laughs> um my song of the month is good days by SZA um mm-hmm. I love that album mm-hmm. her new album so I've been eating that up <laughs> so um we're gonna go to you Christina what is your song of the month sure um my song of the month and I'm gonna give a shout out to my daughter Grace who helped me pick this <laughs> uh, my song of the month is weapons by Ava Max I like Ava mm-hmm. Max I like poppy music but mm-hmm. I love the refrain it's basically like stop using your words as weapons and I chose this song because I think words are so powerful and as leaders in SWE and future leaders in industry, I think it's really important that we use our words to encourage, inspire, and um, promote those around us. So I hope that we will all take take that to heart and uh, use our words wisely. Mm-hmm. So that's my song of the month. That's awesome. I love that. It's like the, the yeah. meaning behind it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But I guess we're gonna like I I guess we'll we'll plug a little bit. So for our next podcast, um, Lily and I, and also Christina, we are all going to be local. Yay! Yay! So this will be um our podcast. We'll be like covering after our like just like, our experience after the conference. So we're very mm-hmm. excited about that. This is both of our first, first time, conference. first conference ever. I'm excited for you both. You're gonna have a great. I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. It's a great experience. And we both never been like even to Connecticut either. Yeah. So same. Same. Oh, sorry. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have to look forward to in Hartford then? <laughs> okay. I mean, that's in a few weeks. We're leaving soon. Yeah, we are two weeks. It's we're leaving soon. I'm very excited and also like. I don't know. I don't, I'm like nervous, I guess, to like get like, I don't know, take, I don't know. It's like taking a break during like the school time to like go out. And I'm like, I hope I'm okay. And I like survive through it all so that I can keep on chugging along. And then because right after it's spring break. Yeah. So then I'm like, that last week, once I come back, it's yeah. going to be rough. You'll <laughs> be fine. Um, I would say if you're going to be at the conference, like be present, mm-hmm. be at the conference, try as much as you can to like unplug from the school stuff yeah. if you can, do your homework on the plane or whatever in, in the evenings. But there's so much good content there and such mm-hmm. a great chance to connect with other SWE members. Yeah. I'm happy to know that both <laughs> of you are going to be there as well. I think it's going to be a great time. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm just excited to like see all like the speakers and see them i know some of our student members are yeah, be doing speakers, speakers yeah. and i'm like that's just so exciting i know. just go there and just experience it all but yeah i will definitely try to be present as much as possible yeah i need it i know that i will I'm try to get all my homework done before like yeah. before even leaving like yeah. if i can though. i'll be sleeping <laughs> no i will be sleeping on the plane for sure <laughs> but it's just waking up i'm honestly thinking about just like Not staying up late yep because oh, of course you are. I will not. I go to bed at like 7 p.m. the night before. To make I'll sure. go to bed because I work three to sevens for my job, mm-hmm. like once a month. So yeah. I'm used to it at this point. Go to bed at nine. Sleep like, well on plane. 
Yeah, no, I will definitely be probably staying up late because I'll have homework due for, for sure. So I'll be doing that. Yeah, thank you so much, Christina, for coming, sitting down with us and talking. It was yeah. great. Thank you, Valencia. Thank you, Lily. I really appreciate the chance to talk to you. All right. We'll see you guys next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.